happy Father's Day. And but so today, when when Pastor Rod told us to to prepare ourselves for the preaching, there was something that God just put in my heart that I needed to share. So it's not this is not my idea. This is God's idea. And what God put in my heart was. I don't know how many of you remember the preaching that Pastor Rod gave in January of this year, and the topic was suddenly. And I re that really resonated with me because it, it felt like God really wanted to, wanted to prepare us for something. So, um, oh yes, remembering God's promise of suddenly. So that's my, my, my title for today, but it's really based on what Pastor Rod said back in January. So we're going to read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 13, and then Acts 16. Acts chapter 2, verse, uh, verses 1 to 13 says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devoted men from every nation under heaven, and, in, and at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking, saying, they are filled with wine. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 to 34, it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them, and he rejoiced with his entire household that he had believed in God. Amen. 
Amen. So, remembering God's promises of serving you. So, the, the, I, there must be something that God really wants to do in our lives to, to really remind us that something will happen and it will be suddenly. And I, when I was actually meditating on this as well, I was thinking that it's so nice or it's so, you know, it brings an expectation, something wonderful when you are expecting something positive, something good. But God suddenly don't, aren't always the way we want it or the way we are expecting them. God's uh, suddenly come the way he wants it and he always does things his way, never our way, never how we maybe expected or maybe how we want it. And, you know, uh, it would be so good that if, when God does something suddenly, it's always positive. It's always, you know, we want a blessing. You know, we want his promises. Of course, we want the promises to, to come to place. But even as I was remembering the, the work that City Temple has had to do, even us being in this building now, I remember back in January, there was still a time when we didn't know whether the building or the rebuilding of City Temple was going to take place. There were times back in January when we were, I think we were praying at that time, whether this is actually going to go through or that's it, it's, it's finishing, it's ending. And I remember that same feeling since I came to City Temple. That was kind of, it's, yes, going ahead, yes, no, it's not, we're waiting. Yes, almost, no, we're waiting. And it felt like that. And that's only been for me, for us, about four years. But for the people who have been in City Temple, it's been a lot longer. It's probably been years. So to finally see God really did act suddenly because it was really, really fast. And, and that's the one thing that I'm thinking, okay, God, you really are going to act suddenly. And this suddenly wasn't easy. It's been hard. And it's been, I think, emotionally hard more than, you know, physically hard. Although there's been a lot of work, I know that. But emotionally, because you're thinking, okay, finally we're leaving and then you, no, we're not. You know, I don't know if it was two years ago before COVID that Pastor Rod began to give everything away from City Temple because we were leaving. We were literally leaving and then it didn't happen until now. <laughs> but you know, this is how God acts. And, one, and there were three things that Pastor Rod reminded us that God does when he works suddenly. The first thing was God suddenly, suddenly reveals his glory and sovereignty. But above all, we must remember that he is in control. The second thing he said, it was that God suddenly will expose what's in our hearts. And the last thing he said, God acts suddenly to fill his temple. And, to, and when he spoke about this point, he was talking a lot about the revivals and how you know, things can happen. And when I was listening again to the message, you know, if you hear the news now, you'll see, and he spoke about it, that the decline of Christianity within the United Kingdom is, you know, is every year is going lower and lower. And I was actually reading a report that they were showing how Islam has increased when, and Christianity has decreased. And, and Pastor Rod at that message was talking how back in the time of the, the Wesleyan brothers, there was something like that that was happening within the United Kingdom that people had become, maybe there was an apathy uh, against Christianity. But then God brought revival suddenly. And we hear now, for us, you know, what happened back with the Wesleyan brothers was an amazing thing. And you hear, you know, how John Wesley went from, 
you know, by horse to different places and preach the gospel. And revival really hit the United Kingdom. So I am expecting that revival will hit suddenly when we least expect it. But we need to be ready. You know, sometimes we think, oh, no, God would only use this type of people. But what I'm reading is God wants to use us. He wants to really wants to use us. But for God to use us, we really need to let him work in our lives, to really work in our hearts. And one thing that he, God does to work in our hearts is he, he allows these afflictions that happens in our lives. But that is for us to be refined. It's for us to be purified, to be more Christ-like. So if you're going through a difficulty right now, if you're going through something hard, it's God's opportunity for you to be refined. It's God's opportunity for you to be purified. And this is, this is something that you need to take home with you. It is, so when God, suddenly, when God moves and suddenly something will happen, this is your opportunity to either move into God's promises or you will get stuck in your past. It is time to move. Don't look back and don't let your past define you. Because sometimes we allowed our past, we, we think that the mistakes that we made, that the things that we've lived, that that's holding us back, that because of what we did, then we can't really, um, God really can't work with us. Maybe with other people who haven't made those mistakes, but not with us. You know, we, we've kind of lost our opportunity. And that is a lie from the enemy. If anything, you know, the things that we've lived, even the mistakes that we've made, if we've repented, if we really have seek God and we really um, asked God to, to forgive us and we have asked God to, uh, for our true repentance, then God will use those mistakes for his glory because there are people who need to hear how God can change a person. And sometimes we think, oh, it has to be something horrible. You know, I, there was someone who said, uh, who was giving a testimony this person had scars in his face, and he had lived a terrible life. And, and, um, and someone was sitting, listening to this preaching, and, uh, sorry, to this testimony, and saying, but you know, God can never use me like that person because I've never done what that person has done. And sometimes we hear testimonies like that of people who have done terrible things before they knew Christ. And we think, oh, but you know, you know I haven't done anything, so God can't use me. But you're forgetting that there are a lot of people in the church who have lived like you, who maybe haven't done anything, you know, horrible that God wants to use. And it's people like each one of us that God wants to use. We don't have to be all to one extreme or the other. God wants to use us all. So looking at this, there are three things that I want to share with you. There were two stories that I, was, that I looked in the Bible that remind me of God's uh, promises of suddenly, how we need to be getting ready because we don't know when God will act. If we knew it, it would be easier because we will be more prepared. But we don't know when God will act. And one was the story of David, and the other one was the parable of the ten virgins. Both of them came to my mind when I was preparing this because, you know, when you look at King uh, uh, David, when he was David, the shepherd, he was just the shepherd. And he was the last son of many, many children of, of Jesse. And he was the forgotten child kind of, kind of thing. Because, you know, when um, Samuel comes and he wants to anoint the future king of Israel, 
he wasn't, David wasn't called. His father didn't think, you know, he was even worthy to be part of this special meeting. And, uh, but God was working something really amazing in David whilst he was being a shepherd. Because whilst he was being a shepherd, David, and this is point number one, let God work in your heart. Whatever you're going through, you don't have, you don't have to think, oh, David was a shepherd, so maybe I need to find out maybe how to be a shepherd because maybe that's how God wants to you know, work with me. No, you may be a musician, you may be a teacher, you may be a, a housewife, you may be, I don't know, whatever you know, background you are, that's where God is working in your life. That's where God is teaching you skills and, and the things that he wants to use you for his glory. In David's case, he was working as a shepherd. That's where God was preparing him. And he was an amazing shepherd because he was really looking after his sheep. He killed bears and lions. He fought them so that you know, he would protect his sheep. Now, I don't know what battles you need to, to, to or you're going through maybe, or you're experiencing in your, in your field where you are, but that's where God wants to work with you. David was faithful in his work. He became the best shepherd there was. He, you know, and, and I think that's one of the things God wants to do in us as well. He wants us to be the best where we are. These are the days where God is training us. He's allowing things in our life to prepare us for what's coming. Or maybe, you know, we, we just never know what will happen. What if, you know, suddenly, really, revival hits? We will all need to step up and say, okay, God, I'm going to be 100% committed. Don't wait until, you know, the, the revival comes for you to say, God, now I'm going to be committed. No, be committed now. And only you know what your commitment is. You know, for example, Elsie's commitment is going to be different to mine. Elsie has got three children, but they're all grown up. She doesn't have to stay awake at night. You know, if one of the kids gets sick, she, does, she only has one at home at the moment, actually. So, you know, our commitments are going to be different. And you can't, and you cannot compare yourself to someone else. Because your commitment with God, it's yours. God will speak to you how he wants you to be committed. But you need to be faithful. Nothing that we do in God's kingdom is ever a waste. Don't let pride, anger, jealousy, hate, rebellion, stubbornness, or anything like this sink your calling or, or, or damage your calling. God wants to use you, but you need to let him work in your heart. Prepare yourself. Allow him to heal you. Allow, you, allow him to change maybe the, thing, the way you do things. God wants, he really wants to mold our hearts, and sometimes... I really do like the text where God says that he will change our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. Because I think sometimes we do need that. Sometimes we literally need that for God to do that in our lives. Because sometimes, you know, I think, you know, I don't know if you remember what you were like as a child, but every child believes anything and everything. Every child is usually loving. You know, we become what we are because of what the environment makes us. So if we, were to, if we were brought up in a loving home, we're going to be loving people. But if we were brought up in a house where there's harsh wars, where there is a lot of physical um, punishment, or where there's a lot of, you know, no one is allowed to make a mistake, a strictness, then that's what you're going to be like as an adult. 
So all of these things sometimes damage the way we are. But God now wants to bring healing so that we can be the best where we are, faithful people. The second thing is we need to let the Holy Spirit guide us to love and forgive. Because the suddenly of God is going to bring a lot of changes for our lives. We don't know what the like even, even the change that we are experiencing now. You know, maybe it was easier for you to go to, to Chancery Lane in City Temple. Maybe it was, you were used to it. And now it, maybe it's longer. Maybe now it's, you know, you have to wake up earlier. Maybe you get home later. You know, all of these things that change. But that's part of what God also wants to do in our life, to teach us something different. And, I, you know, one of the things that I have enjoyed being here um, in this new building is also meeting new people and hearing the testimonies. And it's, I, I am one person who really likes to hear people's testimonies. That is one thing that blesses me. Even when I buy books, I like books of people's testimonies because I like to hear what God has done in their lives and how God is, it has changed them because it, it really encourages me to, to see that God can really transform a person. So that's been one really great thing. <clears throat> but why do we need to be guided to love and forgive? Because people hurt us. Whether they do it on purpose or not, people will hurt us. And we, as children of God, need to be forgiven and loving, which is hard. When we look at the story of David, we see he was just a shepherd, a person who, who people really didn't care much about him. But one day, suddenly his life changed. In one day, his life changed. God had been preparing him. He didn't know, you know, you know, when we, when we read at the Bible, the story of um, Joseph, for example, God kind of spoke to Joseph, his future in dreams. He kind of knew that God was going to do something with his life. He didn't know the process, but he kind of felt something was going to happen. With David, he didn't know any. God hadn't spoken. God had just prepared him by, when he was a shepherd, doing all of the things that he did. And it was for that one day that was going to change his destiny. From being an unknown person that day, he became the most famous person of all of Israel. So much so that there was a song that they did for him. That song actually got him into trouble, into a lot of trouble, but it was also part of the process. It was also what God wanted to do in his life. You know, Saul, the, the song was, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And this made Saul hate David so much that he wanted to kill him. And a persecution began from that day. But David, something that I see in David, he wasn't a perfect man. And I think this, these men and women that we see in the Bible are great characters because we don't see perfection in them. We see sin. We see them fail. We see their mistakes. But those are for us also to learn. It's also for us to, to see that God, if God used them, he can also use us. It will only allow him. And in David's case, you never see him wanting to get revenge for what Saul did to him. In fact, when he had the opportunity to kill him, he chose not to. And that takes self-control. And I think that also shows, shows us, we see that also in Jesus. Jesus is, was God. 
He had full authority over demons, over human beings, but he had self-control and he knew that that wasn't why and how God wanted him to be when he came to, to here on earth. There was something that Jesus had to go through. And when we understand that, when we understand that what we are experiencing is part of God's process for our life, that because we have been called, all things will work out together for our good, then something changes in your mind, even when you know you're going through difficulties. It's not easy to love. That, that is why the Holy Spirit has been given to us, because we really cannot do it on our own. Many times we want revenge, or many times we allow our anger to, get, to take hold of our lives. But God, thanks to God, that we have, we have the ability and the strength to change. And even when we make a mistake, we can go and ask for forgiveness when we've done something wrong. You know, maybe it takes pride. Maybe pride is too strong in us. But if we really let the Holy Spirit work in us, then you're able to, to take that first step and to ask for forgiveness. Something changes when you really are sincere. Even if the other person, you know, when you ask for forgiveness, obviously you want the other person to, to forgive you. But maybe the other person is so hurt that they don't want to forgive you. And that's okay. You've done your part. Now God has to do his part with them, or they have to do their part with God, whatever it is. But from your side, you've done what you were supposed to do. You know, ask for forgiveness. It takes, it takes a strength and it takes courage to ask for forgiveness, to go to someone and to say, please forgive me for what I've done. But it's a blessing. Maybe, you know, maybe physically you might feel like you are humiliating yourself. Maybe, you, you know, physically you might feel like you're failing. But that's only a human feeling. I, I believe that in heaven something amazing is happening. So just have that picture of heaven that God is saying, yes, you can do it. Yes, my son. Yes, my daughter. I want you to do this. Take that step because healing will come even if it takes a while. Now, the third thing is, oh, sorry, before, before I move on to that, when we read Acts chapter 16, the reason why Paul and Silas were in prison was because they had just set the girl free from a demonic spirit. And so everybody in that, in that town got up and was very upset. It was, I believe, a spiritual attack that became physical. So physical that they were beaten with rods, and, they were, and the Bible tells us that they were given many blows and then thrown into prison. And one of the things that amazes me here, that is an example for us, I don't know how, how you know, sometimes we work hard, and at the end of the day, we just want to sleep and rest because, you know, if you've done a lot of activity, you're just so tired, you just want to sleep. Can you imagine Paul and Silas? that day. They were beaten with rods. Then they were given blows and then sent to prison. So he, they, weren't they weren't just tired. They were hurt. They were wounded. Physically, probably also emotionally. Because, you know, I think we've all probably experienced, you know, when we're saying, God, but you know, I'm, I'm really setting myself apart from you. And these things are happening. And people are gossiping. Or, or people are saying these things that are not true. Or people are hurting me. You know, I've been so friendly to them. And look how they treat me. You know, we, you have these thoughts in our mind. And they probably felt like that. I don't know. 
But the Bible says that about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And I think there is something important that we need to understand. Worship changes the atmosphere. Maybe, you know, don't expect that every time you, you worship, then, you know, physically you will see the change, but something will change in your heart at least, definitely. And that's where we need to work is in our heart. Because when we know that what we're doing, that what we're living, that what we experience is because God wants us there, then we won't allow anger, resentment, or unforgiveness to set in in our heart. Paul and Silas were not angry. They were not upset. They were not, they didn't want revenge. Not against the people in that town, not against the jailer who, who, who kept them in prison. If anything, they, they avoided their, his death. And by that, they also brought um, salvation to a whole family and a great testimony for us. Number three, let God lead those who will be safe. Sometimes people, people put pressure on us that you need to um, evangelize other people. And it's not God. And this is, this is where I think we need to listen to the voice of God. Because in, actually in chapter 16, Paul and Silas did not go to different towns, and the Bible says that they were not allowed to preach the gospel. And you would think, what? Excuse me? This is one of the things we're supposed to do, preach the gospel all the time. No. Sometimes there are other things that God wants to do, and we need to be guided by the voice of the Holy Spirit. But in this case, there are people who God will lead to be saved. And maybe, you know, in different, in different ways. Sometimes it's a suddenly. Sometimes it's a process. Sometimes it takes friendship. Sometimes it takes encouragement. But the, 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 the times that you give to that person, whether you're praying for them, you know, one of the things we need to avoid is taking the credit, us taking the credit for what is God's work. You know, I, I remember I heard a sister in Christ who I remember, you know, let's say I was praying for, uh, for Elsie. I'm gonna, sorry, I'm getting Elsie in, in, my, in my preaching today. Let's say I've been praying for Elsie, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Elsie has, is beginning to come to church, and then she begins to be maturing in the Lord, and she begins to grow in the Lord. Then I will, then this sister would say to people, you know why Elsie's coming to church? Because this needs in prayer, because these needs brought her to church in prayer. And it's, that is not it. Yes, great that someone prayed for Elsie, but really God is the one that does the work. It's God's time. It's not ours. Yes, it is our responsibility, and it's very important that we pray for people, definitely, and that we preach the gospel, yes, but it's God's timing. When God decides to do what he needs to do in our hearts, and it's going to be different, but it doesn't mean that we give up. No, we have to persevere. Um, suddenly, God will use us and bring revival. We need to be ready and expecting God to use us at any time. Don't, don't have, you don't have to be someone you're not. Whether you're an introvert, an extrovert, whether you like talking in big groups or in a small or, or a one-to-one, that's how God wants to use you. You don't have to change that. That is something that the way that God has made you, and that's okay. That's, 
that's not the changes in the heart that I'm talking about. The changes in the heart is, you know, when there needs to be healing or when there needs to be forgiveness or when there is anger issues and you need to work on those. But the way you are, you, your temper, uh, you know, in terms of whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, you know, that's, that's how God wants to use you. That's how you are. And I see so many different characters here in the church. You know, people who are amazing at making contact the first time with someone. And I, I, I love that because although, you know, I'm okay, I'm okay preaching, this is a gift that God has given me. Maybe I am not so good at approaching someone the first time. Maybe I haven't approached many of you on my own unless someone introduced me. But that's also kind of the way that I am. I, I try to break out of that because I recognize, I acknowledge that that's maybe one of the things that I need to change. But you know, once I talk to you, I, I talk to you, it's okay. But maybe just kind of doing the first step of meeting someone. I, I feel like I'm out of my comfort zone personally, but I see some of you have no problem. It's no problem whatsoever, you know? It feels like they've known that person for years and then when I find out, no, that was the first day coming to church. And it's amazing, I, I enjoy that. But that's why we are one body and we all need each other. Because I need those brothers and sisters. I need them, because otherwise, you know, I, I would feel awkward. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know how to start a, a conversation with someone. But, you know, that's why we're part of this body and it's important. So just be ready because God wants to use you the way you are. Preaching the gospel is what we also do with our actions. And God honors that. God honors the time that you spend with people. God honors the time that you serve others. You know, I am so blessed by Feli. Feli is one of those people that likes to serve others. And I am so blessed with that. But I know there's so many of you that do different other things. And I, ju I just want this morning to remind you that this is how God wants to use us. This is how God will bring revival. He will use all of us, not one particular type of person, all of us together. Remember that God always goes ahead of us, and he has. In our journeys, in our personal journeys, in our journey as a church, God really has gone ahead of us, and he will continue to go ahead of us to show us the way that we need to go, to show us what decisions we need to make, but always do it in prayer. Now, I know there is um, one, maybe something that as, as a nation we are experiencing, and, and, and it's going to be with financial difficulties because everything has increased a lot. You know, if you use a car, you know, the, the the amount of money that you have to spend now to fill the tank, it's too much. We just fill our tank halfway now because <laughs> it feels like it's less. But you know, even these things, God will not forsake us. He will not leave us. In a supernatural way or in a natural way, he will find a way to bring what the resources we need to do the things that we need to do. He is the owner of, of gold and money he can provide us. He also has given us the strength to make wealth. He has, making, he has given, given us the ability to make wealth. So he will, if he needs us to have more money, he will bring away. But what we need to do is trust him. Trust him and be faithful in what he has called us to do. But be expecting suddenly God to work in your life. 
Be expecting suddenly God to work in your family. Be expecting suddenly God to work in your finances. And when I say that, it doesn't mean that suddenly, you know, your finances are going to double or multiply. Maybe suddenly your finances are going to be halved. And you're going to be, what? God, but you said, you know, suddenly it was going to be good. That's what we heard. But God was just saying, suddenly. But that's also, again, remember, because God wants to work something. He will never forsake us. So even if our finances were to be halved, God will make a way for us to be okay. I remember very clearly, Pastor Rod once said, we are all rich. Oh, we are rich. How are we rich? Because you are rich if you have a roof over your head, close to where, and if you have a little bit of more money to give to others. And I was thinking, yes, I have that. So I am rich. You know, but sometimes, you know, we want to be millionaires, you know, have so much money, so many cars, so many houses, so many everything. And then we think, okay, we're okay. But some, you know, we need that. That's when I think we need to change our mentality. And that's why God is so good to walk ahead of us, to walk before us and to show us. So I just really want to leave you with that. Be expecting that suddenly, and you know something, if you listen again to the preaching uh, that Pastor Rod gave in January, he mentions the, the, most, the month of June. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm, I'm just repeating something he said. He said, I'm, he said, I am expecting, I am waiting for June, because I know in June something will happen. So I don't know. I don't know. This is not, a, this is not my prophetic word. I, I'm just letting this to you. You know, but be expecting, definitely be expecting that God will do something suddenly. This is, this is something that God has, a word that God has given us, a word that we need to take hold of. But it's, remember, it's also to lead those that are going to be saved. It's for revival. It's for God to work in our heart. It's for, for us to allow the Holy Spirit to give us, to help us to forgive, to help us to love others. Amen? Let's just um, pray and just ask God to, to um, really uh, leave this word in our heart impressed and that we will be expecting something from him. Heavenly Father, we are just so grateful, Lord, for your promises. Father, your promises are yes and amen. Lord, many times our eyes don't see what we want to see, Lord. Many times our ears are not hearing what we want to hear. Many times our, our circumstances are the opposite of what we would like, Lord. But we trust that your promises, we trust that what you have promised us through your word, personally, Lord, will come to pass. We trust, Father, that our children will be educated by you, Lord. We trust that our generations, Lord, will be loving, will have a loving Father like in you, Lord. We trust that our generations, our children, Lord, will be saved, will have a supernatural encounter with Jesus, just like we did, Lord. We trust, Father, that you will do your way in their lives, Father. And we pray today, Lord, that you will um, do your will in our lives. Help us, Lord, to work with you. Help us, Father, to, to be maybe like, like David, Lord, to allow what we're going through right now to prepare us for what you want to do in our lives. And also, Father, we are grateful, Lord, that you have chosen us 
for this new season, for what you are going to do in your church. Father, I pray that you will bring healing into our hearts. Father, take away any anger, any resentment, any des desire of revenge, Lord, any pride. Father, we pray today, take it away from us, Lord, and help us to be loving and kind and forgiving in everything that we do. We bless the people around Chelsea, Lord. We pray that you will open their eyes, that you will open their ears to hear your word, Lord. And we are so grateful and we are so expecting, Lord, that you will do something suddenly. Help us to be part of this revival that we've been praying for, Lord. We pray, Father, for revival in the United Kingdom, Lord. We pray for revival in Europe, Lord. We pray, Father, that you will do something supernatural across the world, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.